0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Germany's chancellor, Olaf Scholz, urged Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, to withdraw troops from Ukraine and fully implement a UN-backed deal to export grain from Ukraine and Russia. The pair spoke by telephone for 90 minutes. The direction of the war has turned in recent days. A Ukrainian lawmaker said that at least 150,000 Ukrainians in more than 300 towns had been liberated from Russian occupation. America's three major stock market indices suffered their worst day since June 2020, after data showed that annual inflation in August at 8.3% exceeded forecasts. The S&P 500 dropped by 4.4%, the Dow Jones Industrial Average by 3.9%, and the Nasdaq Composite by 5.2%. Core prices, excluding food and energy, increased by 0.6% in August from July, twice the expected rate. That will keep pressure on the Federal Reserve as it weighs an interest rate increase at its meeting next week. Twitter shareholders voted to approve Elon Musk's acquisition of the social media firm for $44 billion. Twitter and Mr. Musk are suing each other over his attempt to renege on the purchase agreement. Next month, they will test their competing claims in a Delaware court. Shortly before the vote, Peter Zatko, Twitter's former security chief, testified before Congress about the firm's lax privacy standards. American intelligence agencies accused Russia of having spent at least $300 million trying to influence politicians in more than two dozen countries since 2014. If foreign parties and candidates, quote, accept Russian money secretly, we can and we will expose it, said an intelligence official. The Russian ambassador to one unnamed Asian country, added the official, allegedly gave millions of dollars in cash to a presidential candidate there. Emmanuel Macron, France's president, said he would launch a series of debates across the country and convene a group of citizens to explore legalizing assisted dying. French law permits doctors to sedate terminally ill patients until death and withhold life-saving treatments, but euthanasia is illegal. Findings will be presented in March 2023, perhaps followed by a parliamentary vote or referendum. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau unveiled an inflation relief package worth $4.5 billion Canadian dollars, or $3.43 billion U.S. dollars, for low-income earners. Qualifying individuals and households will see their quarterly tax credit doubled and receive a $500 Canadian dollar top-up to a rental assistance plan. Canadian inflation was at 7.6% in July, significantly over the central bank's 2% target. Troops from Armenia and Azerbaijan clashed along their international border. Armenian officials said that Azerbaijan had shelled their country's forward positions and deployed drones, resulting in the deaths of at least 49 Armenian soldiers. Azerbaijan accused Armenia of performing quote, large-scale subversive acts and shelling its military positions and civilian infrastructure. The Caucasian foes have fought two bloody wars over the enclave of nagorno karabakh The most recent, in 2020, ended in a humiliating defeat for Armenia. And fact of the day, 350 the number of mortgage boycotts estimated to be taking place across China.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Xi Jinping's first post-COVID trip When President Xi Jinping arrives in Central Asia on Wednesday, it will have been 971 days since he has left China a summit of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization in Uzbekistan on Thursday and Friday, offers Mr. Xi an opportunity to support a fellow delegate, Russia's President Vladimir Putin. Mr. Xi's first stop, though, is expected to be Kazakhstan. China has invested heavily in the country, which sends back oil and gas. It was from Kazakhstan that Mr. Xi, in 2013 launched the Belt and Road Initiative, a global infrastructure binge. The country also borders China's Muslim-majority Xinjiang province, where more than one million Uyghurs have been thrown into re-education camps. Kazakhstan's government has remained quiet on the matter. In October... Mr. Xi is expected to secure an unprecedented third term as chief at a Communist Party Congress. Traveling now looks like a sign of confidence. But he faces big challenges at home, not least over frustration with his zero-COVID policy. For now, only diplomacy is returning to the pre-pandemic normal. The return of the Detroit Motor Show For the first time since the pandemic, the latest cars are being shown off in Motor City. Many of them will be electric. The North American International Auto Show in Detroit opens for journalists and industry insiders on Wednesday. President Joe Biden is also expected to attend. To promote the investments in electric car manufacturing that his infrastructure and climate change laws aim to boost. Yet, not everyone in Detroit is convinced that electric cars offer all the solutions. Some worry that their simplicity threatens the region's engineering expertise, built on the combustion engine. Firms like Tesla and Rivian do not make cars in Detroit. A wider worry is that EVs, which tend to be weightier than those which run on petrol, may bring fresh dangers to American roads. Road deaths are rising, and heavier vehicles are deadlier in crashes. Among the heaviest is the 4-ton Hummer EV, which is manufactured in Detroit. Google's Latest Day in Court On Wednesday, a court of the European Court of Justice will decide whether the European Commission was right in 2018 to impose a record fine of €4.3 billion, then $5.1 billion, on Alphabet, the parent company of Google. The EU's executive branch said the firm's licensing of its Android operating system to handset makers had illegally helped it maintain its dominant position in the smartphone market. Who will prevail? To judge by the Commission's recent performance in court, the odds are about even. Last year, Alphabet lost an appeal against an antitrust fine of 2.4 billion euro, imposed by the Commission in 2017 for having given an unfair advantage to its own offerings on its own search engine for comparison shopping. But in June, the court threw out a $1 billion antitrust fine against Qualcomm, a big-chip designer. Another loss for the commission would be a setback for Europe's efforts to rein in America's tech giants. The State of the European Union How will Europe get through winter without the Russian gas it has previously relied on? Some sort of answer can be expected on Wednesday, when Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission's president, delivers her annual State of the Union speech to the European Parliament in Strasbourg. Last week, the energy ministers of the EU's 27 member countries mold capping the price of gas and slapping a windfall tax on some energy producers. Details are still sketchy. As head of the bloc's executive branch, Ms. von der Leyen has an opportunity to sway the debate ahead of another ministerial meeting on September 30th. The priority will be for Europe to present a united front, even as it faces recession. Brussels watchers will parse Ms. von der Leyen's language on everything from EU's budget deficit rules to further aid for Ukraine or even a joint fund of the sort that helped many countries recover from the pandemic. The Great Crypto Merge In the early hours of Thursday morning, a major change in the architecture of crypto will take place. Ethereum, the most important blockchain platform, will change the way it is run. Ethereum currently uses an energy-intensive mechanism called proof-of-work to verify transactions. But around 4 a.m. GMT, equivalent to UCT, the benchmark time standard used by developers, it will merge with a new chain that uses proof-of-stake, a verification method that uses much less energy. The environmental advantage is the most obvious reason for even those who take no interest in crypto to care about the merge. But it is not the only one. The event is the first in a series of upgrades that should make Ethereum more efficient and scalable, and potentially more useful. That is assuming all goes smoothly, of course. Implementing the switch is like swapping the engine of a spaceship mid flight. Time to find out if it can be done. Daily quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday. To quiz Espresso at economist.com We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers And crown one winner per continent on Saturday Wednesday Which American basketball team won successive NBA championships in 1994 and 1995? Tuesday Which rock duo originally released the single Seven Nation Army? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mario Benedetti, who was born on this day in 1920. Perfection is a polished collection of errors. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.